Hola, soy Miguel Mampos Gonzalez, coming to you on Firme, Cuentos y Arte Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as we were talking about uh, my mom and her experiences as a Latina artist in the 50s, how the school she had applied to was accepted at based on her portfolio. You know, they let her enroll and start shortly after they went to an all men's school yeah so they totally changed not just that they went to an all men's school but it was an all white men's school it totally changed yeah that's one thing I remember she was so upset about seeing the inequities in art come right to her after she experienced this, she met my dad on, during her, her job. And, uh, you know, she and my dad talked and they, they became friends. And what was interesting is when they met, you know, my dad had, he had recently, this was after he had come home from uh, the Korean War. He's now living back in San Antonio. It's the first time he had been back since he left when he was young. Yeah. So imagine he had been gone for over 10 years. And everything looked so different. And you know, some, some places are the same and some weren't. So he's kind of getting his bearings on, on what's happening in San Antonio in the early 50s. And at this time, you know, people were... There were some things changing with gente in the 50s. Yeah, there were some things changing. Some of the the gente, they were starting to get, you know, better jobs. Some weren't. It's just socially, the city was changing. And he was just surprised by it, kind of not knowing where to start, and kind of looking for a job that he had, you know, he met my mom, and then he found a job at Kelly Air Base. He was working shop where he was painting aircraft and aircraft parts stuff like that he got the job because he was you know prior military and good record everything so got a good job decent little job you know paid him well and in that he continued a hobby of his that he picked up while, while being in the military and that's photography. And whenever he wasn't at work, he and my mom, well, he was photographing. He was photographing community. He was photographing the family. You know, just stuff, just things. Not really realizing that he's capturing, you know, the cultura at that time. 
the hair, the cars, the clothes, the music, the lifestyle. He photographed a lot of this stuff just because he thought it was cool, you know, just his need just to, to take this to see it, to take photos of it. They were kind of like, I guess you could say, um, like right now memories, <laughs> you know, kind of like when you pick up your phone and you're just taking pictures of your family just being there and just chilling with you. Yeah, it's kind of like that. But he did that with people he didn't know either. <laughs> and he just started to, to document the cultura of the Chicano culture in the 50s. And in that, he met with a guy his name was Richard eventually going to become my my uncle and Richard was really popular and he was he was a really you know well known I'll say that he's a very well well known uh, mechanic in that time and you know really popular in the car culture there and my dad likes cars too he'd always like the mechanics of things and so they started working on cars together on the weekend and stuff, and they'd be racing and things like that, and get into that 50s car culture, building hot rods and so forth. My dad photographed a lot of that. And my mom, she saw that and she was inspired to continue to paint. But she didn't paint the culture. She painted the scenery painted what the settings look like. She painted what the houses look like. She painted what the gardens look like. She painted, you know, very peaceful things. And she saw the stillness and the beauty in things. Even though, at that time, she still lived in the courts. While my dad lived, you know, in central San Antonio, in, um, so while they were, were were dating each other, they they decided to get married, and um, they moved to the west side, where they could afford a house, a small house. And when they moved over there, you know my my grandmother mom's mom, my grandmother, she moved in with them, because again, remember, she she had problems with her, her hands, that she couldn't work anymore, so she moved in with them, and she just, that was just part of the family, you know, you have your older generation with you, and after my parents were married for a little bit, they had they started to have a family, and they had my sister Betty at first, and then they had Ray Jr. second, and my dad started to, you know, kind of work through his job a little more, he started taking that photography, and not just photographing just because, but he started to, to meet people and started to photograph them 
and do portraits. And my mom pursued her art, but not to pursue for other people, but for herself. Like I said, she never had an interest in wanting to to sell it or, or show off her work or anything like that. This was more just for her. It was a very personal thing. So she continued that path. The kids were growing up a little bit. My dad continued to work for other people in the arts. And then, of course, his regular job. So life was pretty good. It was pretty busy. Until my brother and sister got a little bit older. And then Barbara Jean came into the picture as the, the second daughter, the middle kid, <laughs> or to become the middle kid. And um, when that happened, things changed a bit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because then kids were getting a little older, parents could, could do more family things. And my dad started to connect with other gente that were also creatives. And painters, photographers, uh, Spanish, Mexican, guitarists, dancers, musicians, performers. He just started to, to meet people through photography. And he wasn't really one to go out and, and want to show his work either. That wasn't his interest. His interest was to record what was going on around him and to capture that. So he, he pursued that. And before you know it, he started to, to photograph for this flamenco dance group. And when that happened, things changed tremendously for him in the art world. And personally, because all of a sudden his eyes were open to a different type of Mexican-American culture. You know, up until that point, my parents have always been told, you know, to be ashamed of speaking Spanish, to be ashamed of being Mexican. You know, you have to, if you want to be anything in America, you have to be more white. Hence why they named their children the way they did, because they wanted to give their kids more opportunities with names like that. And at that point, that's when, you know, the, the 60s were coming around, mid-60s, Chicanoism was very strong in San Antonio. An organization called the Brown Berets were becoming more and more popular, and the terms like activism and equal rights brown power terms like that started to come about and like anything else the art world you know it it goes hand in hand with activism it goes hand in hand with that aspect of our society because the arts take that message they take that that energy and they make it into something visual or 
or something tangible that you can you can see it not from a person, not hear it from a specific voice, but it becomes a more collective icon, a more collective symbol of that message. And depending upon how you put that message together in that artwork, whether it's a visual art or something that you hear or something you can can touch and, and experience in that manner, it's something that that can speak volumes. You know, it's something that it communicates a movement, a culture, a community. It, it says a lot. It really does. And and in that, you know, my dad started to. Met a, a another visual artist named Jesse Trevino, and he started to photograph with him because Jesse is a painter, and they would talk about things and talk about about what it's like to be brown in San Anto and no longer have to be told that they need to stop speaking Spanish. This is where. That gently, that community started to push back. It started to show pride in their culture, pride in their language, pride in their heritage. It was no longer a bad thing because, yeah, for a while in San Anto, when the white settlers came in, they banned Spanish in school. You couldn't speak it. They banned of things that they didn't want. They took the, the Mexican-American culture and they were slowly erasing the Mexican side of it. But back in the 60s, man, things changed for the culture. There's a lot of pride that came back. And at that point, you know, in the 60s, my dad, he had to put art away things stopped for him because he was still in, in the military. He was still part of the reserves or the National Guard at that time. I don't remember. I want to say he's part of the Guard. And he was activated on orders. So he served in Vietnam during that time. So when he went back, his younger brother Ernest, and even younger brother, Rudy, had already joined the army, and all three of them were serving in Vietnam at that time. So for that, that little, that brief time period that, that my dad was away, you know, my mom became the, the single parent, and, you know, even though my dad was getting paid and he was sending all his money home, she still, you know, found a way to make ends meet. She had to put art away and focus on the kids because it was just her. Focused on family. And um, my dad would come back every once in a while and he would go back on orders, you know, things like that would rotate. And um, 
well, eventually, once once all that was done and my dad's orders were finished, he came back to Sananto. And then at that point, that's when he and my mom decided, you know, let's. I, I know that with you know my time that I was serving, you know, I put my camera away. I, I didn't tell you to put your brushes away, but you chose to to put your family first, and you know that's that's important. So I mean, you should continue to paint. You know, they encouraged each other, and my mom did that. She she brought the, put the brushes out, and she started to paint again. And her work had changed a little more. It evolved from from scenery to a little more more abstract type of flora and things changed for her a little bit it evolved I mean she had changed so in her work it reflected in her work and then my dad well he came back from the Vietnam War and he saw you know the inequities that were there and when he came back he was a very different person, you know, not, not in a bad way, not in a scary way, but he was a very different person, because at that point, he was speaking more Spanish, at that point, you know, I, I had just been born, you know, just, I was born, and I, I was named Miguel, I wasn't going to be named Michael, yeah, no, I was named Miguel, dad came back, you know, the kids were older and everything, and they were still in their flamenco dance group, my dad came back and, and continued to work with, with Jesse, you know, and at that time, when Jesse had come back from Vietnam, well, he, he lost his right arm, that was his dominant hand, and, and, and art and everything, so he, he lost his arm. And Jesse, he taught himself how to paint with his left hand. So he totally retrained himself to paint. And he did. He was very, very talented in that sense. Just amazing. And he and my dad, they picked up right where they left off at. And he continued documenting the culture of San Anto in the 70s. And at that time, San Anto had changed even more. It was far more Spanish language, far more cultura openly expressed, and they, these two, they, they documented, they celebrated it. It was awesome. You know, it was like a little renaissance period. And things had changed so much when my dad and when Jesse came back. arts, my mom continued, my dad continued to photograph, and as that, that went on, so did their collaboration, more and more pieces of work were, were made together, more and more paintings, Jesse became more and more popular, and his paintings, they took a different form. And then my dad stopped. He says, you know, he says, this is this is where I, I have to stop. You know, my kids are getting older. And, um, yeah, 
things is I'm, I'm, I think I'm finished with my military time. I'm finishing college. He was doing that at the same time. He's like, yeah, he's, I'm finishing school and I'm, I'm going to work, you know, in a different, in a different path of work, you know. So he ended up getting his college degree and got promoted quite a bit of work there a little bit longer, and in the 80s, he, he retired, but by then, in the mid-80s, that's when I started to pick up the camera, I started to learn about photography, and both my mom and my dad took the time to teach me about, about photography, about composition, about symbolism of color in your art and how when you create something you're not just making a, a nice looking image what you're doing is you're, you're creating a message and as my dad would say you're writing a story you're telling a story and you know as my mom would say is that art has to have a purpose you don't just paint something because paint something with a purpose. It's a message. It's, it's, it says something about who you are and what you experience. And I asked my mom, well, help me understand what your work says and what your message is. And she says, okay. She says, I paint flowers because for one, they're beautiful. They're natural. They take on their own form they're completely independent. Nobody tells a flower where they're going to grow. Nobody tells the flower how they're going to grow, what the petals are going to look like. I mean, somebody can plant that seed somewhere, but it's up to that seed whether it wants to grow there or not. You know, it's, it's the whole idea of what art meant to her is you plant that seed and it's up to that person whether or not they want to flourish and they want to grow and they want to develop it's up to them you can't just make somebody that's why she painted flowers that's why she pursued art only for herself because it was on her terms after being told that she couldn't be an artist being told that she can't be an artist because she's a woman she says, oh yeah, as a woman, I can teach myself. I don't need a man to teach me how to paint. As a woman, I can choose what I want to paint. Yeah. I don't need somebody to tell me I can do it myself. And that's how, that's how she was as, as an artist. And that's what she promoted is you, it's your medium. You know, somebody can, can mentor you, they can guide you. That's so true. That's so very true. You know, you can learn by watching somebody or being trained and educated by somebody formally. But ultimately, the work that comes from your hands, it starts at your heart. It's, it's who you are. It's what you want to share. And that's what she did. She chose flowers because she loved the beauty in it. 
She loved the way they, they take their own form, their own shape. It's their own destiny. That's why she pursued that. My dad, after being told so many times that, you know, being Mexican is bad, being speaking Spanish it's wrong, and then all the stuff that he was told growing up, you're not good enough, all of this, that's where he saw the, the beauty in the culture, and he saw how it deserves to have a voice, it deserves to be recognized, that even though he was told if you want to be something in life, you have to be white, he thought, well, you know, I, I can't be white, <laughs> my skin will always be brown, <laughs> ultimately, and, um, that's one of the things that, that he taught me is that no matter where you go or what you're doing, you take your culture with you. And it's a matter of, of how you control your path. So same thing like my mom. You know, you, you can go anywhere. You can be influenced by people. You can learn. You can share. You, you can absorb and, and adapt to, to your environment, to your culture where you are. But ultimately... It's still up to you on how much you want to absorb, how much you want to change. You know, so there there were some things that, that they didn't just teach me about a medium, but they taught me how to how to put these messages into the medium. And through the eighties when I was, you know, younger they, they taught me a lot, not just about art, but about culture and how to communicate culture, how to share culture, how to express culture and help me understand what the culture means to me. You know, they didn't tell me. They let me figure it out for myself. And it goes the same way for photography. For photography, my dad, he, he taught me a lot. You know, in terms of what, how the medium works, how the, uh, you know, the understanding of exposure, how to use the camera, how to go through the steps in the darkroom. But very often, he would hand me a negative and say, make a print like this. And he'd show me a print that he made. And I'd have to look at that print and I'd have to study it. And I'd really have to apply. How, you know, I'd have to apply myself. How did my dad make this, you know, and then I would make a few test prints, and I would test, and I would experiment, and I would think about it, I'd focus on the work that he gave me, that that finished print, and I'd have to really look into it to see, oh, okay, he added more exposure in this corner, this one he did, he, he took exposure way over here, oh, and he softened the background to make the person stand out more, and, you know, just all these things. This is the aperture he used. I have to figure that part out. Yeah, he helped me learn photography by figuring it out for myself, for, for solving those those problems, those creative problems. And that, I think, has made me a better artist. You know, I could have gone to school and, and learned it formally, which I did, I have. But... I'll tell you that that education was only to get a piece of paper 
that really didn't teach me anything about photography. It didn't teach me much about art. Everything that I ever learned from art and, and, and the medium that I've chosen, it comes from my parents. It really does. And it comes from experimenting. It comes from trying. It comes from failing. From failing in the darkroom. Day after day. Week after week. Mistake after mistake. And all that my dad could say was, well, that's not quite it. You're getting there. That's that's not it, but, you know, keep trying. Yeah. Just keep trying. Don't give up. And that's exactly what I did. Until I would get the print right, the way he made it. And I once I could duplicate that, and he understood, okay, well, now you're you're learning. Now you're paying attention. Now you're learning how to look at a composition and you're learning how to look at exposure. Because he says there are going to be some times when you're out taking pictures somewhere and what if your meter breaks? Or what if you, you don't... and then you don't have the money to get your meter fixed? How are you going to know how to expose the film to, to take these photographs? How are you going to know? Well, you have to learn to read light. You have to learn how to to gauge these exposures. You have to learn how to see the image in your mind and build it in your mind before you even pick up a camera, which is why he taught me how to to make a print in a darkroom instead of just putting a camera in my hand. Yeah, he taught me how to print in the darkroom and understand exposure so that when I had a camera in my hand, I knew exactly how I wanted to make my negatives. I knew exactly how I wanted to expose that film, whatever it was. Color film, black and white, slide film, doesn't matter. I knew exactly what I wanted to put on that negative so I could then in turn create the print. So when I take a photograph and I pick up my old M4 and I'm out there I don't use a meter. (laughs) I don't use anything like that. I look at the light. I look at the shadow. I look at the highlights reflecting back at me. And then I make the choice how I want to gauge that exposure based on the light that's coming back at me. You know, and that's just something that that I don't know exactly how to to share it because I don't know how to teach the way my dad did. But, I mean, I'll be honest... It's something that I've learned to do that has changed the way I take photographs. And I strongly believe that because he he taught me in a darkroom before allowing me to pick up a camera, I really think that changed the way I see this medium and the way I pursue photography in general. Not just in film photography, but all photography. As I tend to see things from the process of making that print. That's where I start in my mind when I see an image. In my mind, I'm already working with the print and how do I print this better? How do I print this the way I want to see this? The way I want to recreate this? And I kind of work it backwards in my mind. So I create the, this, this visual image, this print in my mind work it back through how I would expose the negative to the paper and then 
what type of negative will I need? How will I need that exposed in order to reach the print that I want? So then I dial it back even further, and this is how I would expose the negative. And then at that point, I can enter those settings into the camera, take a shot, and there you go. There's the image. So it's just a different process. Lots of photographers are very dependent upon their light meters and the technology of the camera that, you know, they've either they've forgotten or they've never known what it's like to make an image versus to take a picture. Yeah, there's a big difference in that. And so, yeah, that's, that's one of the things that helped shape me as an artist. One of the things about my parents that as they evolved in the culture of San Anto at that time, so did their artwork and laid down a foundation, eventually laid down a foundation for me and how I would pursue art. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's been something else. It's been a heck of a, of a journey. And, you know, the journey is still, still going, that's for sure. Because now that I'm up in, in the Pacific Northwest, you know, bringing my culture here, it's prevented a lot of things. It's prevented me from showing in a lot of places, being a part of a lot of things. And it's okay. You know, just like my mom said, you know, you don't need somebody to tell you. Yeah, I don't need somebody to allow me. I can create my own destiny and in terms of my dad and how he learned to see the inequities that were happening for Mexican Americans not just in San Anto when he came back from Korea and back from, from Vietnam but when he traveled across country when he was young he ran away from home he saw a lot and experienced a lot of a lot of hardship and, and some good times too and that's a, a story for another time my dad's adventures <laughs> but um, but yeah that's how my mom pursued the arts and how that eventually led to influencing me in what I do so yeah so we'll have to come back and revisit again and continue our stories. Yeah, so thank you again. It's been really good having you guys. I appreciate the encouragement. I appreciate the, the messages. It's really exciting to hear how these stories are, are, are being received. <laughs> it means a lot. So we'll be talking again. Until then... Keep, keep moving forward. Keep making the decisions for yourself, for your family, for your community. Keep on that, that, that path. Bueno.